Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's BudPod91. Uh, is 91 anything? The numbers are, they don't really, they're not really meaning anything to me anymore. I don't know. They're getting, I guess. We're getting too high now. That, that it's a year in which we were alive. Um, 1991 that's right yes okay okay this is something yes we're finally into the years where we were alive i guess this is the first that you were alive you were born 1991 yes i'm a 1991 baby i just seem sound and uh appear old that's right um i'm a 1990 <laughs> baby i just appear and sound young but <laughs> yeah, pierre yeah. and i are in fact direct opposites of one another that's right yeah that's right. Um, in in all ways, were you with with a yin, the yin and wang, the yin and wang. Correct. I am. I'm the patriarch <laughs> of the pod. Um, they may not seem like it. <laughs> and I have all that um, healing feminine energy. That's right. <laughs> good old fashioned spunk. You're, That's right. You're yappy do. You're the you're the podcast's yappy do. Scrappy do. What are they? I said yappy do. <laughs> Listeners, Phil is dealing with some sleep deprivation at the moment, so you have to forgive his uh, yeah. uh, his unusually lax uh, uh, details of Scooby Doo. I got yeah. I I got absolutely no sleep last night. I just one of those nights where you just you're just up and you're up and you're up and you're up and you and you panic about being up and. And and then in, in the end, you know, you go through all. It's like you go through the stages of grief. First, like there's bargaining. Yeah. It's like if I if I get some sleep now, I promise I won't sleep tomorrow. Or and then there's like <laughs> anger. It's like why won't you fucking sleep? <laughs> and then eventually there's acceptance, and you're just like, I guess I'm not sleeping tonight. <laughs> wow, maybe I'll just be really productive. Maybe I'll actually get things. Um, I'll, I'll get extra work done today. I basically got double days now. I've got two days, um, and um, and then I don't think it's a stage of grief, um, but uh, a loss of short-term memory is the final stage. Yeah, I, I did. You did you try in the midst of your sleep deprivation? Uh, d- did you try and do something which I've tried in the past, which is when. Um, you can't sleep and you think, uh, well, I have writing to do or I have work to do, uh, so I could just do some of that. And then you kind of like lying in your bed and you open up your laptop and the second your hand moves to like typing stance, you feel your brain just go, I'm exhausted. And then you go, oh, well, I guess that worked immediately. And you close the laptop and you lie down and you're awake again. <laughs> uh, yeah, the human body sometimes fucking sucks. Yeah, it's the equivalent of... Um, when there's an error message on your old Windows machine and you move the windows around and it's like the cards in solitaire and they just go like... Yeah. It clones itself a thousand times. Um, 
It's there's nothing there's nothing worse than being up that late and not being able to sleep. And it's a cliche, but it really does feel like you're the only person who's conscious on Earth. That's right. There's there's the sense of loneliness. You've, you there's no lonelier feeling. It's what it must be like to be that um, sad old man on the moon from that Christmas ad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a John Lewis advert we need to see. Some dude just can't get to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And then what he gets for Christmas is a, a set of prescription drugs. <laughs> and everyone's like, do it, try it now, try it now. And then he's like, oh, no, I'll wait till after dinner. They're like, no, Grandpa, do it now. And he takes it and, oh, he's immediately asleep. And everyone, yay, and he's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he just sleeps through dinner <laughs> sleeps through everything and everyone's like well he's enjoying his present and they reveal that that's what Santa does that's why he only works one day a year he's he's on fucking Valium the rest of the year he can't he's <laughs> he's he's a he's a he's a druggie who's just conked out yeah yeah, the, or is it that on Christmas Day he's all red cheeked and cheerful and fun? The rest of the year for Santa's life is fucking is like train spotting, basically. I do you think it's because like um all of that like cheerfulness and all the energy he has to use like that's how bad the crash is after that amount of like ho ho just cheer. <laughs> like uh, like how if people use um, MDMA, it it depletes all of their endorphins or whatever it is, happy chemicals, and then they have like Blue Monday. Father Christmas has Blue Year. Because <laughs> his brain, his human, his mortal mind can't handle the burden of of that amount of Christmas joy expenditure. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah! 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 For him, like, yeah, the rest of the calendar, January to November is one big come down. <laughs> all, the, all the elves are, like, bringing him slices of oranges or whatever. <laughs> Isn't that what you're supposed to... I remember reading that somewhere or being told that, that if you're on a, some sort of terrible acid trip, then it's citrus that you want. I think it's vitamin... I think it's vitamin C that is supposed to stop it. Is it really? It was maybe that's where it comes C. from. Then. I swear that was in a Huntress yeah. Thompson thing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah, I've still never seen. It's quite a cheerful drink. in Las Vegas. Have you? Huh? I've still not seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Is it good? Um, I would say. Uh. You should read the book first, not because um, the book is necessarily better than the film, but you'll you might watch the movie without reading the book and make the mistake a lot of quite. Uh, 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 you, you'll make the mistake that a lot of teenage boys who are a bit much make, and they'll watch the film and they go, "It's a film about how fun it is to do drugs," and it's like, "Well, not really, yeah, but that's not what it's about." Yeah, yeah, we're not dealing um, with Santa Claus over here. Exactly. We're not dealing with that with that wrecked hippie Santa. Fucking <laughs> that, that fucking Arctic that Arctic bumpkin. No. Uh, um. Yeah, I'd say the book. Yeah, it's worth reading the book. Um. 
it's an interesting book and it's got amazing illustrations in. And then the movie is like an interesting attempt by Terry Gilliam to try and capture a very odd, kind of weird, not, not like abstract in what happens. Everything that happens is like concrete. Like there aren't like, you know, spiritual forces or anything, but it's abstract in what, the sense of what it's trying to describe, I think. It's a bit out there. But yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um, I quite like Hunter S. Thompson, even though he sounds like the worst person to work with in the world. That is the curse of the genius, Pierre. It's why I'm famously impossible. <laughs> I, I, maybe I should start becoming more impossible and then people would ascribe to my basic positive qualities the hint of genius. <laughs> well, this is the thing. You know, you know there's um, um, sort of emotional expression and the emotion itself have found to be reciprocally linked. So if you start smiling, just physically smiling, you will feel happier. Um. If you start pumping your fists in the air, you will start. You will feel victorious. It, it just those things are so linked that they, you know, you can kind of uh, create the the emotion. Um, and I wonder if you just start being an impossible alcoholic dickhead, you become a literary genius. I think it's worth trying. <laughs> I think if you become an impossible enough alcoholic dickhead, you'll wake up and there'll just be a draft of a, a, a novel about a sailor <laughs> next to your bed. About a sailor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why are they always about the sea? Why, why is it always the sea? They love the sea. They love a bit of, of, of sea, those guys. Um, I, I reckon it's because they, 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 they're, they're now so detached from everyday ex- life experience. They don't even know what goes on in the, in the normal world. So they just have to be at the sea where they can make up whatever happens. Yeah. I think that's definitely a part of it because they because because they live the life of an impossible literary genius. They can't write a novel about you know collapsing onto a chaise long after your fifteenth whiskey of the morning kind of thing. Yeah. So you and you that means that you can't write about what it's like to have a dramatic time while you work as the a, a, a deputy manager of a Sainsbury's. So you just have to go um, a sailor, and then at some point your publisher will have to pay. 50 quid to a sailor to go through your book and, and say, oh, that's not what we call that rope. Um, <laughs> actually, they'd t- try to set sail in the morning if the tide was like that. And you go, okay, yeah, 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 put it in. Put it in. It's not about that anyway. It's about he falls in love with the moon, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Give me another drink. <laughs> is that how... Is that how demanding. Booth. Is that how book research happens? Do they? Do they get... Uh, do they get experts to just come in and fix the thing at the end? Um, you well, I mean, it's up to the author, I suppose. But there's certainly a fairly a fairly decent industry of it, especially when it comes to things like um, crime novels or stuff to do with the police. You can hire ex policemen to go through your work. I see. <laughs> so, like, um, I, I mean, I'm sure they charge quite a lot of money. But like, if you're writing some kind of like murder mystery then you probably want all your shit to be on point you know yeah like how do you learn all the slang and stuff and like that's right because whenever i whenever i read something like that i'm like wow did they did they work in the force they know all the words (laughs) there's a lot of jargon here i'm way too trusting um here's an interesting uh tidbit for you phil you know how uh if there's someone working for the enemy inside an espionage a a spying organization we call it a mole yes 
that was coined, uh, and if not coined, heavily popularized by John le Carre. Ah, uh, I I'd assume that was an industry term. Um, I th- he I think there's some interview where he says it isn't an industry term, but now that it, now it's become one. Hmm. Because it's just a general word in the English language for that concept. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a good word. It 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 evokes um, digging about, uh, sniffing around. Uh, yeah, sneaky mole. Sneaky mole. Um, emerging. Um, um, mm. Tunnels. Mm. What what the I'm other, always disappointed uh, by is when there's a real world story about a real, like a particularly modern spy, and yeah. they they just look like an accountant. The, like actual <laughs> spies look nothing like film spies. They they just look like normal, just regular guys, just regular people wandering about. Do you think um, if you showed up as a as a not as a spy as a civilian, but like let's say you you fly to Saint Petersburg or like Moscow Airport and you you land in Moscow and you walk around like looking like a spy, you're all suave and handsome and tall, and you keep like just throwing credit cards around and whatever. Do you think they'll just be like, we finally found one at the airport? <laughs> they just rugby tackle you to the ground immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you, if you ever go to Russia, make sure to dress like shit. <laughs> but then if you, yeah, if you show up looking like an accountant and you're like, excuse me, does this sandwich have mayonnaise in? Then they probably ignore you. <laughs> Is that, is that person going up to the police asking if there's mayonnaise in a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they just they don't know what the uniforms are. They just go. I thought you maybe you were someone who worked at the shop. I'm sorry, I don't. Just just this bumbling fool. <laughs> the best dressed policemen I've ever seen are the the carabinieri in Rome, who are like yeah. the top. Well. I mean, technically speaking, the, the 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 elite policemen, but they just kind of stand around, not doing anything. But they they all they all I swear they're picked for their looks. They all look like models, and they wear and their uniforms designed by Hugo Boss. And they just they just hang. It's the most Italian thing you can imagine. Just policemen hired for their looks, put in designer designer uniforms, and just kind of shrugging. Oh when you yeah, come up with them. Come up to them with something with mayonnaise in your. Sandwich. I always find it funny when, if you read about like a, a, a you know, some mafia thing or some crazy shit happening in Rome, uh, and they're like, uh, and the, and the the mafia boss was apprehended by the carabinieri, and it would be like the carabinieri's like investigative department, like they're very serious, like FBI style thing. But in my head, it is just one of those guys with like covered in like gold braid, <laughs> tackling a guy, <laughs> <laughs> tying him up with all his medals. Uh. It's um I think I think it must be like a loop, right? Like if the uniforms are handsome and you get to stand around and f- tourists admire you then like that's who goes for the jobs and stuff and right I think so as like well the, the 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 horse guards is that is that the ones yeah. that you can't that you that you can shout at and they can't move? Well, those are the guards generally. Yeah, so you've got the Grenadier guards, Coldstream guards, Irish guards, Scots guards, etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you reckon like who sees that job and goes 
I want to do that. I <laughs> I want to I, I want to get shouted at by annoying tourists all day. Well, I mean, uh, it's 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 funny, isn't it? Because like American, well, none of the tourists really seem to realize that those guys do that on rotation in between combat deployments. Right. Yeah. So they are actual soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 those are the barracks that they're in when they're not in Iraq or Afghanistan. Yeah, very much so. Is that the only time they have to use the their mannequin special power? <laughs> I think they use it on any parade. Right, okay, okay, okay. Like, if you're standing for a parade generally, even if the public aren't around, if someone goes, Bleh! and you flinch, you're probably not supposed to be in the army. <laughs> a different world man they're just <laughs> lives lives can be so different are you ever struck by this feeling you just go you you just read about or you meet someone in this like the life their life is just comp- so different from yours you just go you might as well be on another planet a different species speaking a different language like there's so many different lives you can have God, i, I think that about <laughs> <laughs> this is uh the this is listeners being acquainted with the, the thoughts and rhetoric style of tie of knackered phil <laughs> just just you with huge bags under your eyes standing outside buckingham palace gesturing to one of the guards going like what kind of a life is this <laughs> we're on different planets man <laughs> 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 but i mean you i mean you are correct i mean i i think that about olympians that's right that's right where yeah. you say to someone like what are your fondest memories of childhood and they're like oh getting up at four to do somersaults what the fuck sir as far as we can tell every single person in that block of flats been taken hostage no one's accounted for outside of it and the heat sensor is showing that every single flight is occupied and has been taken over by an armed gunman. My God. It's over 350 people we're responsible for, Sergeant. What do you suggest? I don't think there's anything we can do, sir. Given to their demands, sort out a helicopter, private planes of Belize, and just let them keep whatever's in that fucking suitcase. You know we can't do that, and I can't have something like this on my record. What do you think, Sergeant Mungo? Whoa! <laughs> what if we tried juggling? People love juggling! It's true, sir. People do love juggling. But it's a high-risk strategy. What if the hostage-takers don't like juggling? Most people do, but there's no guarantee that those boys will like it. It might kick off. I'm afraid it's uh, the only plan we've got. Sergeant Mungo, do you have your brightly coloured bean-filled balls? Always! Tell the SWAT team to stand down. Oh, man. Like, like I, I watched this... Um, well, this is actually picking up on something we just, we touched on very briefly last episode, Fermat's Last Theorem. Um, mm. after, after hearing the episode, um, our, our mutual friend sent us a link to an old BBC... Um, BBC documentary 
our mutual friend Julian. Hi, Julian. Um, Hello. And it was of the Fermat about about the, I was basically about the guy who solved Fermat's last theorem, which is this mathematical problem uh, that hasn't been hadn't been solved for the entire time it had been posited, which is like since the 17th century. And this guy is his life's work, and he decided he was going to solve Fermat's last theorem when he was 10 years old. And he came across... He, he was just looking through maths books anyway, and he came across this problem that hasn't hadn't been solved for 300 years. And he and at 10 years old, he's like, mm, this is what I'm going to do for my, my whole life. Can you imagine... Like... I have I haven't I haven't stuck with the same breakfast since I was twenty three. <laughs> I've changed my mind on breakfast. You know I, I can't I can't commit to a, a breakfast, and this guy committed to a single mathematical problem from ten years old and carried it on to completion. He did it. He killed it. He did it. Uh, it's a really, it's a really good little um, documentary. I think it's called Fermat's Last Theorem. It's part of the Horizon series. It's on iPlayer. Really, really good. I, yeah, it's that thing. That, like, I think the th- the thing I envy isn't even necessarily his success in doing it. I think I envy not only I don't just envy that he was single minded enough to say that to himself and stick with it. I envy the fact that it was the right choice. <laughs> right 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 so if like he'd stuck with it and he never solved it you'd feel vindicated you'd be like that's what you get for committing <laughs> to something at 10 years old uh, yeah i'd be like you stupid genius that's what you get um or even if even if he solved it and then after he solved it he was like oh that was that, that was shit and then just offed himself <laughs> Just he solved it and immediately went oh god and went like, tick, 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 and just jumped off the, uh, a bridge and then just left the notepad with the answer on it. Right, and I'd you, be like, well, there you go, you know. Right, right, right. You'd be like, well, there you go. Greatness has a price, but I'd because say, he solved it and had the gall to continue living, <laughs> you're furious. Exactly. No, no, because he was right. Because he solved it and he was like, ah, and then was just fine with it. Because what it, I almost want it to be like. There's a consequence, not just a price to greatness, but a consequence to leaning everything about your existence onto one purpose. Okay, yeah. I want a little bit of Alexander falling to his knees and weeping for there were no more worlds to conquer, that kind of thing. He does cry. Like when he, when he recalls the moment of, of realizing he'd solved it, he starts, he starts like crying. But it's, it's not like... Oh God! What have I done? Tears. It's, it's. He's just. He's so emotional and so happy. So I'm afraid it's not the tears you I, want. I guess. I guess it's such a big deal that also like, I guess the high practically never dissipates. Like if he wants to get the high back, all he needs to do is visit literally any university, and everyone's just like, oh, just freaking out, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not really a. You might have guessed from from what it is he committed his life to, but he isn't really a, a yeah kind of guy. <laughs> it's, 
Imagine how many dinners you get invited to if you solve something like that. His name's Andrew Wiles, by the way. I think Andrew Wiles. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, all pretty maths. I, I think he was like one of the times people of the year or the decade or something that that, that was sort of the height of his celebrity but beyond that i think it's probably mainly maths dinners uh, but if you love maths then you love maths dinners i guess that's true that's true but i bet they even they couldn't solve which which fork to use first <laughs> uh, there's some problems not even not even a genius can overcome. <laughs> God, I don't know where. If, I... uh, if, if he solved Fermat's last theorem, perhaps he could take a look at my tax return. <laughs> yeah, maybe he can solve uh, Phil's last uh, stationary claim. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go to a maths dinner and demand from everyone what weapon they think numbers look most like? <laughs> You know, well, that was actually Fermat's penultimate theorem. <laughs> <laughs> that was solved just before. <laughs> yeah, he's... Yeah. By, by weapon numbers yeah, but, met, actually. By our, uh, by our goodness yeah. and friend, weapon numbers met. And number weapons met. Um, number weapons met, that's right. Um, always busy working away. Um I, I think it could be worth asking them because they probably have some kind of crazy maths answer where they'd be like, they'd, they'd give you some really long number and they'd say, well, and it's prime. And if you root it, it looks like this, which looks like, uh, you know, a, sh- a throwing star. And you, oh, my God. Like, they probably know <laughs> even more symbols. <laughs> probably worth writing a letter to a university. It's so funny. The, the, ma- the maths that is involved in this problem that's in the documentary is that level of maths where there just aren't any numbers anymore. It's just like brackets and curves. And the letter E in different fonts. Uh, <laughs> you go, why is spiky E different to friendly small E? <laughs> that's literally, that's all it looks like. It's just like differently shaped E's. Like this one is like a sideways M. That, that, that's the important E. Yeah. That's most we need to e. make sure that this E equals that other E in brackets with um, a kind of Greek Z. Uh, and then a symbol you've never seen in your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, it's it's that level of maths where they they have to go, they've had to go into Babylonian the Babylonian alphabet to get <laughs> symbols because they've run out. Yeah, Greeks done, Russians done. It's time to go Babylonian. <laughs> but you know, on this 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 idea of someone committing their life to something completely. Sp- entirely like incomprehensibly specific i think about it a lot you know and especially because as stand-up comedians we are hypocrites to to laugh at it because to any normal person we've committed our lives to something the most specific thing it's a form of entertainment a subcategory of a form of entertainment that most people think about once a year, maybe. Yeah, but <laughs> but but that that one time a year, they get to enjoy whatever comedy show they've gone to that year because one of us has has committed our entire life to it, and yeah, that in a nutshell is, um, what is it, the term? Uh, specialized, not specialized labor. Yeah, specialized. Yeah. Is it specialized labor? Whatever the stage of 
human civilization after we discovered agriculture that meant people could become fucking poets and and engineers and whatever um yeah and commit their entire life to something that will only affect one person once but lots well, of people I mean, all the time i don't know i think and it, yeah it's so hyper specialized and you are right we are hypocrites because we've dedicated our lives to like it's not it's like you say it's a subcategory where it's not even just comedy necessarily it's like comedy where it's only us and there's a microphone and a stage and it's in this type of building yeah um it has so many requirements. And then if, if our and set doesn't go well, we're like, well, the audience is into mainstream stand-up. The stand-up I do is actually a subcategory of the subcategory <laughs> of comedy. They haven't seen enough of the sub-subcategory to understand what I was doing up there. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should feel ashamed at even having tried to, to understand that my subcategory of the subcategory of comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I, I, but it's mad I, I like get it sometimes. someone committing their entire life to one problem in maths is the reason we can bank online you know what I mean it's it, oh it's 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 fucking crazy did you see that thing about them unlocking protein strands or whatever this week uh I don't uh no I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've read some protein news this week but it might I don't know it might have been on, on, a, on a pack of food the um, <laughs> the people over at DeepMind have created a sort of AI program that can calculate the, God, the 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 way proteins are generated or something. Basically, it's like the building blocks of 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 not just sort of human life, but also like proteins and cells, like viruses and things like that, and DNA. What was it? Basically, they've figured I don't even out understand something. The headline. This there's one of those things where they've gone okay. When we want to figure out how something in the human body happens, it used to take sometimes like five years, and now the computer can do it in a day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's only just figured out how to do that. And so it's just any time you hear news where they go, like, I don't even care if I understand what it is that you're up to. If you say it used to take five years and now it takes a day, I'm, abs- I'm overjoyed. Yeah, sure. I'm delighted. <laughs> <laughs> I scanned the article and I went, yes, go humans. And then I went on Twitter again. <laughs> um, the hyper-specialized thing is, you're right, though, and it's also, you can tell, like, I'm always reminded of it when you remember how much we care about stand-up and, like, very little things in stand-up. And then when you try and talk about them to literally anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you... I don't know if you've ever made that mistake as trying to trying to speak to someone as their eyes rapidly glaze over about why it was funny for that syllable to be at the end of the sentence. I yeah, I I I I know now not to do it. It comes after years of people very kindly coming up to me after gigs and going, "Hey, I really enjoyed that. That was really good." And and me then taking this as an invitation to lay out my play-by-play analysis. <laughs> Of my set and going, oh, do you think I felt like the third joke people could see the punchline coming? I shouldn't have gone with the rule of three. Maybe I think by that point they were all, they were expecting that pattern. I should have I should have blindsided them with maybe just a, a two. Uh, and I think the callback at the end was a bit too loose. I don't. Did you get that? Did you pick up that it was a call? And <laughs> and at this point, I'm seeing them like slowly back away and just sort of nod, smiling, just like mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and so now I just go thank you, thank you very much, and that's and that's it. 
but even just that in conversation with someone you know, like just sort of saying to them, like, uh, yeah, and I think that, that 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 hit extra hard because I I don't normally do this, but I inflected at the end of the sentence, even though it wasn't a question, but it implied a question, and that made me seem more incredulous. And you can just they would have like the dead eyes of a fish, and they just go, oh, uh huh. <laughs> they don't understand. I mean, literally, I've had at least one bit in a stand-up show that went from getting nothing to being one of the bigger laughs in the show because I, instead of going, her, da, 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 her, I went, her, da, 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 her. And that was the whole, yeah. <laughs> that was the whole difference required. That fixed the whole thing. Yeah. It's, 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 and it's funny because like, <laughs> you end up, I always end up feel like a mad conspiracy theorist because I always end up tr- sort of almost trying to grab them by the shoulders and shake them and say, it's all a trick, don't you see? It's a trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but comedy truthers yeah exactly yeah comedy QAnon no jokes <laughs> exist what does that pertain to no jokes exist no no I'm just saying like that's a good that's an idea oh for right 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 theory. I thought that I thought that was jokes thought, don't exist I see I see I see I thought, I thought that was like a central tenet of QAnon theory was that something didn't exist <laughs> um well god knows those people are Insane. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're a QAnon believer, we know where you live and we're tracking your phone. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm being electrocuted. Please, somebody help. Won't somebody please help me? It's really painful being electrocuted. Why is everyone just standing around and applauding? Who's somebody call an ambulance? Please. Why is this always happened to me? Was it but the Enjoy. Please do spread word that Bud Pod is the home of QAnon uh, <laughs> uh, news, and we could uh, listening figures would be good. Actually, we should announce that for listening figures. We've, we've hit a milestone. Yes, we've hit a milestone in viewing figures. We finally figured out how to check our viewing figures. <laughs> it's a real step forward for us. No, I'm only joking. Yeah. 
Pierre, you want to tell them the um, news? Sure. Well, we we well um, we we found it out. Um, I don't even remember when. Time has lost all meaning uh, with all these lockdowns and stuff for us. But um, recently, in the last week or so, week or two maybe, uh, Budpod hit uh, and is now well over a million downloads. So thank you very much for everyone for downloading it and liking and subscribing. And do remember to rate us five stars on iTunes and Uber five stars, please. That that is what the Uber five stars gets you to a million downloads and it's only mm-hmm. taken five um like farms in china that we've hired um <laughs> but it pays off i can highly highly recommend the chengdu uh like farm um <laughs> they do great they do great deals on your first million likes uh, and they're doing. A, they're, 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 I think you can just catch their Black Black Friday sale uh, for downloads. Yes, 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 yes. Um, great guys, great to deal with. Um, very friendly. Uh, much better than the experience we had with the Russian bots. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, not not as not as reliable, I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah. All their names were spelt with mathematical operators for some reason. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, oh, Phil, you have a thing to promote as well. Oh, yes. Um, uh, this Friday, I am taking part in Comic Relief's live Dungeons & Dragons game. Um, so please watch me. I've never played a game of Dungeons & Dragons before, but we're playing for charity. And you can you can donate now, actually. You can... Uh, if you go on uh, comicrelief.com slash dnd, as in the letter N, comicrelief slash dnd, you can donate and find the details of how to uh, watch on Friday. I think it's, it'll be on Twitch. But yeah, it should be really fun. I've, I've not played uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, before. I've, I've, I should probably say the other guests are because um, th- this will help. This will be, well, they're, they're very appealing. Lou Sanders, Sally Phillips, and James Acaster. So... Quite the gang of Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. And it's all for charity, of course. This Friday um, at 7.30 p.m. Can you tell Pierre that I've never done a promo on a podcast before? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know which details are salient. I don't know which ones I've already said. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what people need to know. <laughs> it was a bit like if I'd said to you, Oh, Phil, could you quickly make up a promo? <laughs> Could yeah, you that sounds like please? I did really badly on the first day of an improv course. That that at the end of that, the instructor went, "Okay, okay, uh, yeah, let's break that down." <laughs> the instructor went, "And where would you expect um, other improvisers to go with that?" <laughs> They're really down on it. <laughs> that sounds like fun, man. You've never done D and D before, really? No, no, no. Have you? But of course, like for a while, like when you're like when you're young. No, um, when I was young, it was all a bit like the rule books are very expensive. I mean, I played like similar games and like I read a lot of fantasy novels and stuff. So, I've only ever really played D and D as a comedian. But I, my advantage is that if the dungeon master is like a kobold approaches you, I already know what a kobold is. Right. Okay. So I know the world, and it's like there's a lot of crossover with Warhammer as well. 
Man, all right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, well, I don't have any of that knowledge. The closest experience I have is things like Skyrim, which I, you know, it's sort of that'll, that'll based. Do. That's kind of where you know D and D is where all, where all those things come from. And so I, you know, yeah, I understand like hit points and you know H yeah. like health points and all this sort of mana, mana, mana. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got like you're, you're a guy who plays video games and you've seen Lord of the Rings. That's more than enough to play D and D. Excellent, as Smeagol says. Excellent. <laughs> what um, do you know? What uh, kind of character you're going to play as, or do you get to choose? I do know which character. I I don't know if um, I don't know if we're revealing yet. Maybe we aren't. Or maybe it's under embargo. It might be <clears throat> under um, fantasy embargo, which is a spell. <laughs> do you reckon? Do you reckon like contract law in in fantasy lands are all bound by with spells? So like a, a super injunction is a spell that shuts everyone up about that footballer's affair. Yeah, if you try and say it, then your mouth just goes <laughs> and gets all sewn shut by magic. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, like, like yeah, in fantasy world, like lawyers are the most powerful wizards in the land because it's like a massive <laughs> spell on everyone. Yeah, why, why? I, you know what, Pierre? I think I'm, I'm feeling another one of our brilliant film ideas coming on the legal world yes. of, of a fantasy land. What's the legal? What are the, the legal? Hmm, I like this idea. I think it's a good sitcom, actually. What would you call it? Yeah, and like, what what happens if like a wizard has to sue another wizard? You call it like like Middle Earth legal or wizard legal or. <laughs> yes. What would you? Oh, there's definitely. A, a I think you have to pun come in there somewhere. If you come up, you need the the name of the fantasy land, and then you know, Gandalf your legal. Or, yes, yes, or like yes, wizard, yes. wizard and, and partners, or something like this. Yeah, <laughs> Graxnor and and Smith. <laughs> Graxnor and Graxnor would be good. It's like the <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Graxnor, Graxnor and Smith. You know, something like that. Like it's two yeah. from the same family. Yeah, it's like two orcs and then just a guy. <laughs> I think that's actually quite. I like. I mean, this might be my my sleep addled. Does that mean not having sleep? <laughs> this might be my sleep adult hysteria, but I think we're onto something again. I think adult might mean you had too much. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking as I said adult. Uh, so, like, you could say adult. Adult is unable to think or confused. Oh, it, it means rotten if you apply it to an egg as well. That's interesting. Ugh. Next, next time you you encounter a rotten egg. I implore you to say, oh, I think this egg is adult, as if it's the most normal thing in the world. Does this, yeah, yeah. just like put past something to someone's nose, does this smell adult to you? Or, and they, or they, just, at first uh, they'll go, go oh. and they go, wait, what? <laughs> just go, oh, can, can you smell adult eggs? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, giving like, um, giving a, a lecture on, on, on the, um, the mythical elements of religious depictions of hell. Uh, the, the most famous, of course, has that uh, hell quite, smells quite sulfurous, sort of like uh, adult eggs. But, of course, this has been... <laughs> like, it's just almost normal. <laughs> and, just, and, just, and just playing it cool as a, a thousand hands are raised in query. 
all of the one noise at the same time. Just <laughs> someone yelling at the back from the back. Beg your pardon. It's uh, funny. Please leave the questions till the end. Thank you. The end of the lecture. Um, well, that's cool, man. Well, hopefully you will win. I mean, you can't really win D&D. You just, well, I guess you can complete the quest. Yeah. But beyond that, you're a roving band of adventurers, for God's sake. That's right. Before adventurers, just trying helping each other out, trying to get to the end of the adventure and raise some money along the way. Um, yeah, that's it. It should <laughs> be it, yeah. it should be freewheeling and fun. You should um you should try and uh, continuously uh, <laughs> like you can only behave in a way that would be like uh, um, broadcast acceptable to comic relief you know so it's like uh, well normally of course we'd kill all the goblins but I guess this time we have to negotiate with the goblins. <laughs> There's um yeah I don't know if you've seen the animated series of uh, Batman the animated series. Um, of course, yeah. Not for a long time, but yeah. It's it's so fantastic. I think it's frequently like ranked under Simpsons as like the best animated series of all time. Or yeah. um or the most finely made, you know. And because it was a kids' show, they they couldn't have anyone die in it, really. Um so it meant like all these villains would fall out of a helicopter. You know, Batman would throw a villain out of a helicopter, like a some uh, like a thug. He'd go, and then, the, and then the shot would change to the water beneath, and it would show them kaplush go in. But I would have to hang on the shot for them to to come back up to the surface, and, go, <sighs> and then it move on <laughs> yeah. with the story. Like every single every single person, they had to show they were still alive at the end. Um, yeah, well, it's like all the early sci-fi for kids. They were like, um, "It's robots. They're killing robots." Yeah, yeah, I like Marvel. Marvel. That's one part of the reason I can't really get behind the Marvel franchises all the enemies are these sort of like bug aliens and i just don't feel any weight yeah. to them but but they're yeah, the only well, we've, we've, enemies that that we, that children can watch iron man tear apart <laughs> well we've discussed the bug aliens before and what on earth they were doing before they decided to invade <laughs> um, my my main question especially like D or even in lord of the rings is that inevitably at some point you'll go through like a mine or a series of caverns or you know some abandoned uh, uh, tunnels uh, uh, deep under sort of mountains and then you'll find sort of goblins in there and you sort of go did you come here to bang <laughs> what are you doing down here is this dogging yeah you're not mining you're not doing any fucking work <laughs> You come here to bang. And it's also all like in those games, all the torches are always lit. It's like who's maintaining these t- torches? Are the are the orcs like going just walking around in their preset paths? And then one of the torches goes out, and he's like, oh, and then gets out a box of matches. Yeah, and also then and he goes back to walking about. Yeah, well, there's an orc who's like, oh. Thank God that we've got uh, 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 an air circulation system through a series of natural chimneys. <laughs> or lighting a load of fires under the earth would be a bad idea. <laughs> Gosh, I, I hadn't even thought of the oxygen depletion consequences. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you want to say to the goblins, like, do you live here? You know, you could live not here. You could live just on the on the surface of the earth. Or it's like, do you hate the sunlight? Like, like a vampire, maybe? Is that the deal? I just, I have a lot of questions about goblin society, Phil, and I refuse to apologize for them. <laughs> Nor should you. Not yeah, really. these, the diffi- the di- these are the difficult questions that we have to <laughs> confront. It's no use skirting the issue anymore. We have to... Th- we've, we've been silent for too long. Look, I, w- I will not stop asking questions about Goblin Society despite the demands of the MSM. <laughs> <laughs> despite the critique of the liberal metropolitan elite and their pro-goblin agenda. <laughs> I'd love to post something online that was just like... <laughs> just some fantasy, like uh, like some fan fiction about one of the orcs in Lord of the Rings and his personal life. Just posting on Twitter with the caption, won't see this on the BBC. <laughs> just... Just post um just post a Photoshop of Garfield where he has a human dick. I won't see this on the BBC today for some reason. <laughs> I'm gonna start I'm gonna start using that as the caption if I post clips of my own stand up. That's funny. That's very funny. <laughs> what, too afraid to put this on the BBC? Oh gosh, that's very funny. Yeah, fan fan art of Frodo and Gandalf making out. I won't see this on the <laughs> evening news. Why isn't this being reported? <laughs> Why have I only just heard about this now? <laughs> I shouldn't have to search for this to find it. <laughs> <laughs> at Laura Kunzberg <laughs> at BBC Breaking at BBC News at Channel 4 News I shouldn't have to look for this oh, that's so funny uh, sp- speak- oh speaking God. of disgusting uh, fan fiction shall we read some correspondence it's a good idea. Ring, ring. letters, keep emails, emails, emails phone calls, talking, jacking, your correspondence. Okay, so Jordy gets in touch. Jordy Shaw, uh, give us some more Lovely. of your uh, words. Yes, why not? Um, he says, uh, Dear Seven and Nine, uh, and says, I'll let you decide which digit of these you are using the logic from episode 50. I think it's the 789. Oh, okay, okay. So who's afraid of who? Um, maybe we mutually fear each other, and that's called respect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could be. Uh, Jordy says, it's not been discussed in a while, but a few years ago I experienced something that fits the definition of a real-life side quest perfectly. Oh, great. Yes, Mm. I do like a side quest. Yes, uh, for unfamiliar listeners, uh, 
uh, side quests in real life, like uh, you would find in a video game. Uh, as I, went, I, I I'd like to, I'd like to quickly apologize for the uh, hammering noise I might hear. Um, the flat beneath us has taken the incredibly generous uh, decision to um, completely redo the entire thing whilst everyone is locked in their flats. That's good. Uh, which is wonderful. It's, uh, and because of the way sound travels through solids, it sounds like they're in my fucking walls. But <laughs> aside, but we'll persevere. I just want you to know that I know there's a, a fucking banging going on. <laughs> Phil, this is it sounds like you, it could sound like you're recording this while like just the last thing you do before the police come in and take you <laughs> uh, so Geordie says real life side quest uh, as I walked home down a quiet street of semi-detached houses I could hear a gentle crackling to my right interesting mm. there in someone's drive was an old Volvo with a small flame right in the middle of the bonnet. Whoa! In the bonnet. So that's where the engine is. There's a... There's a little flame in the middle. Well, like on on the on top? Hmm. Huh. Yeah. He says, well, usually what disturbs... with a fire in the car goes. Well, that's it, yeah. Oh, yeah. He says, what disturbs me is that I immediately shrugged it off and thought to myself, well, I'm sure they know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And carried on walking to complete my main quest of getting home. <laughs> a few steps later, I realized, oh wait, of course they don't. So I fumbled for my phone before realizing it was dead. Wow. Mm. Oh man, Ex- extra challenge added to the quest. That's it, yeah. I think that's it's the only time my phone has ever been allowed to reach 0% battery. So I skirted round the Volvo with an already now hefty flame and banged on the owner's door, but no one answered. I tried knocking Mm. on three or four neighbouring doors and could see them peering out of their windows just ignoring me because I'm stood in their drives in a hoodie at 1am like a lunatic. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just just to say, look at that fire. Look at that peculiar fire. And you've got to take your hoodie down if you're banging on people's doors at 1am. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, he continues, I then found two surfers just getting back from Cornwall. Oh, are we in Cornwall? Oh, no, where, where are we? Have we even given it a location? No, they're getting back from Cornwall, so they're probably just like arriving late at night having driven, I guess. I, I, I like to think they're on their boards just coming down the road. <laughs> like, <laughs> the whole way to... Chiseling them to bits, yeah. Um... I asked if any of them had a phone, and while they stuttered, clearly shitting themselves, thinking I was mugging them, take your hoodie off, Geordie. I explained the quest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, all I did was put a big hoodie on and mask my face and put on a deep, scary voice. It's like, you can't do that, man. Um, As they were ringing 999, we heard a massive explosion. Whoa. It turns out cars do explode quite quickly. Huh? Gosh. It's like in Grand Theft Auto 3, when the car yeah. goes upside down. Oh, yeah, and you go, no, fucked. no, 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 no. Brought up an entire generation of kids to think that, that's what, that if, you, if a car goes upside down for more than five seconds, it will explode. <laughs> Which makes a loop-de-loop even more daring. <laughs> but I didn't think they actually went like, kapow. I just thought they went like, voom, voom. I thought you had quite a lot of time, actually. If- well, who knows how long this little candle had been uh, going for, I suppose. 
That's true. That's true. Um, we heard a massive explosion. It turns out cars do explode quite quickly. As we got back to the street, the shell of the car was now completely engulfed in flames and was melting the guttering off the side of the house. Jesus. Yeah. The fire brigade were concerned about the flames jumping into that weird gas cage you get on the side of a house. Why does gas need to be caged? Anyway. <laughs> gas cage? What's the gas cage? I think... Or like with canisters, like gas canisters. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe that's it. I don't know. Oh. Anyway, there was still no answer, so one fireman booted the door off its hinges while the rest hosed out the fire. A woman in a pink dressing gown finally came bounding down the stairs to see her car looking like a forgotten chip at the bottom of the oven. She wailed, Who did this? <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but that is funny. It's a terrible thing to happen, but that is a... Who I mean, that, that, that is this? the equivalent of last week's Run for your lives! <laughs> yeah. Who did this? Never mind that. Run for your lives! <laughs> she should go live with that guy. What a dramatic couple. Uh, and despite me explaining that I found it like that, she started going ape shit at me. It didn't matter how many oh, times no. I explained how strange it would be for me to torture a car and then hang around. She was having none of it. My hoodie was really fucking Take. me over at this point. Yes! Well, <laughs> at last. At last, Geordie has seen the problem. Yes. She then explained how it wasn't her car, but her friend's, and it wasn't insured as it was waiting to pass its MOT the next day. It took every fire well, of failed. being not to I can tell him what's... <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? What, George, did you say that? He said it took every fibre of my being not to piss myself. He's amused at this point. That is funny, yeah. It is. <laughs> the MOT. Yeah, it, as you say, it will not pass. <laughs> That's like the car equivalent of just one It was one day from retirement. <laughs> but like the opposite, I guess. One day from being hired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just got a new job! No! Um, he says, I guess I failed the quest because I didn't receive the standard reward of 200 gold. I just got bollocked by the old lady in a dressing gown, NPC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, you, I think you did. You took a wrong decision. Because um, you selected um, your armor as hoodie. Yeah. It had, it had an effect on the outcome of, of, of the quest. Yes, if you select hoodie armor, it will have a minus 50% convincing uh, uh, people to open their doors buff uh, late at night. Yeah. And also, um, yeah, like a little a little a text pop-up appears in the middle of the screen saying, you failed to wake the lady. <laughs> As the screen goes red and it slows down. <laughs> <laughs> you failed to make the lady. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that is very... I wonder what happened. Yeah, the, just the idea of a fire just starting on the bonnet is the craziest thing to me. I wonder what... It must have yeah, been Yeah, and also, to be fair, to be fair, you know, so that Geordie doesn't feel too bad, if the car spontaneously combusted and exploded, it shouldn't have passed its MOT the next day anyway. Yes, that's that, that's that's exactly right. Um, it went. It, it, it took the MOT of life and failed. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. But, but this, um, as, I mean, as as far as uh, side requests go, this must be our, our most action-packed. This is like, I mean, this is proper video game stuff. An exploding car. Yeah, and also like a, a glowing flame being like a sort of point of interest that you have to walk your character to, to interact with, is quite good too. And 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 a slightly misogynistic representation of an old woman. Very video game. It's a, a crone, really, a crone. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. If 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 that character was in Grand Theft Auto, I'd be like, "Oh, come on, come on, man! We've all grown up. Come on." Maybe big, in Grand Theft Auto, ro- Auto, maybe Vice City, but this is Grand Theft Auto <laughs> Six now, and we've all grown up with you. <laughs> big rollers in her hair and a big rolling pin and a big green face mask on. What are you doing to my it's car? It's a good side yeah. quest, though. It's a good side quest. <laughs> really it's a good. very good side quest. Um, a quick uh, uh, email from Joe. Joe, don't be slow. Give us the don't low down. <laughs> uh, he says, oh, hi there, Bud Pod. I'm kind of a founding farter. I have been trying to catch up listening from episode one, and I'm currently on 47. I don't know if it's OCD, but I just can't skip to the present episode. Although it has been nice hearing the buds growing in the pod to soon blossom into a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Now I, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I can't just jump in. Like when, when someone says, "Oh, don't bother with season one of that show. Just start a series two. It's like, what? Yeah. What? You end up you're I, just going. Oh, just start reading the book from the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just like going, no, I'm going to suffer through series one like the rest of you idiots did. Or I'll never watch it ever. Either one. Um, so he says, keep up the good work. Thank you, Joe. Uh, the other day, an OK thank you memory popped into my head, so I thought I should send it over. I'm a serial people watcher. I can't help but watch the world go by, even while walking around mm-hmm. the city centre listening to music or yours truly. Um. Mm-hmm. This unfortunately means I make a lot of awkward eye contact, and I get a lot of potential side quests and interactions with strangers that I do not necessarily want. <laughs> um, this is kind of an okay... This is He's presented this as an okay thank you, but scanning ahead, I'd say it counts as a side quest as well. Mmm, mm, crossover. Mm. One particular interaction was while I was walking home from work past Bristol train station with a seemingly nice boy who was about the same age as me. I could see him trying to stop many people before me, but he had no luck, and he looked agitated. Our eyes met, and he pleaded with me to let him borrow my phone so he could try and find out where to meet his friend, as he was not from round here, and his phone was dead. A very similar beat to the last side quest. I love um, love appeals for... I felt cautious. Yes, telephones and, uh, and... yeah, trying trying to sort of contact other parties. Uh, I felt cautious and awkward, but felt he seemed like a nice guy in a bad spot. So I said, sure, and I gave him my phone. Um, he was very polite and said thank you, and then proceeded to take a few steps back away from me. The man's oh, no. dialect and tone changed in an instant, and he now spoke in a Londoner rude boy voice. Oh, no. Wow, he put on a, he put on on a the character phone. voice. Oh, I see. Yeah, but on the phone now. Uh, by implication, oh, it's I, on the phone. I, I so. thought he was running off with it, and he was going... At first, he was like, 
Please, sir, would you lend me your mobile telephonication device? And he handed over and went, Ah, yeah, sucker. <laughs> and ran off. I thought that's what he meant. That's what I think is, no, a, is a rude boy accent, by the way. Um, that is a, uh, right. that sounded rude. <laughs> it's rude to someone. Um, Not sure who. Yeah. So, uh, no, he's he's on the phone by implication. Yeah, he's on the phone. Right. Um. So now he's he, so he steps away from him, dials his friend, and now he's talking in, in a in a rude boy voice, and he asked his friend where he was, and then continued to have a chat about the night out they'd had on the weekend using slang words I'd never heard of. <laughs> I awkwardly stood there waiting and thinking about how badly I wanted to continue my journey home. The man kept glancing. Uh, the man kept glancing at me and turned, so I was facing the back of his head, as if that would stop me from hearing his conversation. To then ask his friend if him or anyone he knows wants to buy any weed, coke, or pills. Whoa. He then proceeds to take a few orders, and then finally he hung up and passed my phone back to me. I said, okay, thank you, and wandered away. It's Grand Theft Auto Day on the side quest today. Yeah. He didn't even ask me if I wanted any of his delicious drugs. How rude. I'm a pilot. Keep jacking it forever yours, Joe. He should have at least offered you some free drugs. He well, he well, he turns out he really was a rude boy. <laughs> <laughs> One of the rudest boys I've ever heard about, certainly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what he should have said when he gave him his phone back. Rude, just rude. To which I presume he would have responded, "Thank you." <laughs> yes, good, good, very rude. Um. Good lord! Yeah, very, that's so very, funny though to very... borrow some to borrow a stranger's phone to sell drugs on. That's funny, man. <laughs> very gritty side quests today. Um, really? Oh, well, well, yeah, yeah. If 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 any Good. of you have ever been asked to carry a suitcase which contained a self-assembly sniper rifle by a Jason Bourne character, do let us know. <laughs> um, right. Well, I guess. Uh, You'd better start reading up on orcs, Phil, and their their mining and engineering habits. Um, yes, yes, I I better have do that. Yes. Also, get some sleep, man. I'm gonna try and get some sleep. Need to are you, the, are you a napper? Need to learn the spell for that. No, I'm not a napper. Never have been. So I just have to. Um, I just got to tough it out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. Um, Koji, everybody. Um, if you, oh, and I guess I should promo at the last minute. Uh, I am as ever on Twitch. In fact, it's what I'm about to do pretty much straight after this. And if you are on Twitch, then watch me Twitch. Enjoy. Um, all right. Thanks very much, everyone. Catch me and others on Friday night uh, on Twitch. Yeah, the Um, link is uh, the link uh, to Phil's uh, gig on Friday will be in the information. And the link to my Twitch as well. Okay. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.